You're listening to the Anomalous Podcast Network. Multiple voices, one phenomenon. Hey everybody, how's it going? Welcome back. This is two days in a row on the channel. Um, I'm excited to be here again. Thank you to everybody that tuned in yesterday for my conversation with Dr. David Clark. Uh, he's always such a popular guest, always brings incredible information. Um, and we're going to have him back probably in another month to talk about another case. So yeah, good to see everybody in the live chat. I appreciate you all being here. Um, I will just reiterate, which I I need to do sometimes is just keep the chat clean. I appreciate everybody's got opinions, but we can talk about things in a mature and polite way. So with all that being said, guys, let's jump straight into it. Um, I'd like to welcome my guest, Christina Gomez. Christina, how are you doing? Hi there. I'm so excited. I'm ready for this. How are you, Vinny? I'm really good. Thank you. It's like 8 p.m. here, um, which is all good. But I know it's like midday for you. So I do really appreciate you being here with me. <laughs> it's too early, too early. <laughs> no, really. Thank you so much. Um, I thought the best thing to do to, to kickstart it off is just to give us a little bit of background about yourself, if you don't mind. Absolutely. So my name is Christina Gomez. <laughs> Uh, I'm in my early 20s, about 22 now. Um, I, I'm a university student, and I'm really fascinated with the UFO phenomena. And this all really started at a young age, like most people. It's just kind of like it peaks through your childhood ages when you're when you're still so curious about the universe, about the things that are just unknown. And while for most people, they kind of lose that curiosity as as ones get older. And a big reason for that is that they're constantly discouraged by their parents, by their teachers, by elders saying, just stop asking questions. Like, just, just, just stop. It's so annoying. And then when you become an adult or even a, a teenager as well, you have this fake foundation thinking that you know everything. You don't need to ask questions. You don't need to be curious because you already know what's going on in the world. And that's simply not the case. And it makes our existence pretty boring to believe the fact that we know everything. We don't need to learn because we have everything in our brain. And that's not the case. So I've been really lucky to have a foundation that really pushed um, by my parents to be very innovative, creative, and imaginative as well. So all the possibilities that are out there, um, all, all the theories, all the plausible explanations for what these entities could be, what the fringe science aspects are, I personally believe, and here's where my opinion comes in, that everything is possible. I'm open-minded because in these fields, plural, no one has all the answers. Anyone that tells you they have all the answers is straight up lying to you and you better be <laughs> running the other way because that's not the case. And that goes for any field. Even You can even look at chemistry, physics, cooking as well. People are always learning there's there's never that end game where you're like yeah i'm done but that's it that's never going to happen in any field so people that say they know everything are incorrect <laughs> that's exactly what i say red flag run run away run away oh yeah 
Absolutely. So was there a specific kind of movie or anything that kind of kickstarted your, your fascination with UFOs in particular, or, or was it something different? My favorite TV show, and I take this pretty often, it's The Twilight Zone. I grew up with this TV show from the late 1950s into the 1960s. And what's so special about that particular TV show during this time is, one, any age can watch it. It's PG, right? This is the time period where there wasn't any kind of profanity or things like that. But aside from that, what's very special about The Twilight Zone in particular is that even though the show ends, it's a very open-ended ending (laughs) so you're able to continue how the story will turn out for most episodes in your mind and if you have that foundation as a child especially living in this generation 98 99 to the 2000s and onward um everything's just kind of fed to you and on a silver spoon school anything anything to do with the internet the media whatever you need to know it's given to you without any question And and you just accept that so for me, for that TV show, it I, it allowed me to continue my imagination in, into anything that I wanted to. And when it comes to the UFO phenomena, what's special, in my opinion, about this field is that in the background, behind the curtain, there's a lot going on. There's a lot of scientific practice placed into this, a lot of government projects as well. And while this, some of this information is public, it's just hard to find. And is that on purpose is my question. But that's what I've come to really enjoy is taking that more scientific aspect also or that more historical aspect where there are countless witnesses. There's a lot of data to back up those claims. And of course, from there, you can come up with conclusions. You can have your own theories of like, what if this kind of this this leads this one direction You jump into all these rabbit holes and then you come out a mess. <laughs> yeah. But even though that's the case, even though no one has all the answers, it makes life that much more interesting to believe that there's so much out there that we're simply not aware of that we don't know about, but that we can learn about if we put ourselves out there, either researching through books or doing boots on the ground investigations. There's a lot of people that don't care about these types of topics. They have their own experience and it changes their lives ever. There's no turning back for these people. I've had encounters like that. Nothing extremely profound, but enough to get me started on this field. Because if you're going in blind, especially with the with ufology, it can be overwhelming. It can be extreme and it can be scary as well because there's so many different paths to take either you want to take the historical path the um, scientific path the spiritual path there are so many different ones that will take you to the same destination at some point in time which is the top of the mountain hopefully being the truth whatever whatever the truth may be we all have our own different perspective on what the truth is but here again is my opinion is that Instead of taking one path, capturing all three, and maybe you'll be able to find the truth faster than just taking one specific path. And that's what I've learned. And that's what my research has guided me towards that kind of answer. When I first started, I'm like, no opinion, no bias, just straight 
sheets of paper, numbers, facts, information, and that's it. But the more I've been involved, it's very difficult to avoid certain aspects to not just ufology, but also the paranormal or supernatural and even things that would be classified under the fringe. There's a lot of things that just kind of weave with history, science, and spirituality. And while I try not to touch spirituality too much because it's very not just theoretical but it's very opinionated in my opinion (laughs) (laughs) um it's it's very hard to talk about it and give people a foundation on it if that makes sense but in in the background when i'm looking for answers i can never avoid it yeah that happens to me Uh, well i say it happens it happened to me in a big way since sort of becoming a face in the community here on YouTube, on social media, that I came from researching from a very nuts and bolts background, researching documents online for years. And then since being here and speaking to people, the, the crossovers that I've discovered now, and you're right, there's no avoiding it, you know, when when these other aspects of the phenomena do come into play, you know, as much as I tried to push it aside at first, like, no, no, I need to focus on on the nuts and bolts. You, you just, I just realized that you can't, and you have to sort of expand your views and your horizons. Certainly, without a doubt, and and that's why I, a little earlier I mentioned if you bring all of those paths together into one unique path that fits you the best you might be able to find the answers that you're looking for faster instead of neglecting things that you just simply don't want to touch for your own personal opinion or your own personal bias. That's where the mistakes lie in and that's where you fall short. And you're like, why is it taking me so long to find evidence? It's because you're deliberately pushing certain certain things away because either you're scared, you're confused, or you just don't want to touch it. And and I tried doing that and it it held me back. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so with the subject now, if you're talking to somebody who doesn't really have an interest or doesn't know too much, how do you bring it up with them? Is there a, a certain method that you formulated where it's easier to start here and work, you know, work into the heavier stuff? Well, the first thing that's important is to see if they're interested to begin with. As the most famous metaphor goes is you can lead a horse to water, but you can't force it to drink. If they're not interested, no matter what I say, no matter what evidence I bring to the table, they're not going to care or they're going to be, they're going to have a debunker mindset, not a skeptic mindset, but a debunker where no matter what information you provide, they're just not going to listen to it. So I never push myself um, onto these types of people. Now, if they're interested I'll be like, okay, let me, let me tell you all this. And then like, I'll start glowing. I'll be like, oh, and I'll be like, let me just tell you everything. But (laughs) to, to honestly start out, it's first, you kind of need to understand the person that you're speaking to. Because again, there's so many paths. What if you want to talk to someone with a scientific mindset on the spiritual aspects of it? They're going to brush it off so quick. So if you're able to do just a, a quick look up and down, kind of get a like a a deep breath of who these people are which is which is kind of terrible to say but doing a a first impression kind of look from there you're able to kind of go around the topic but i usually prefer to go with government documents for example the uap preliminary report that was released in june by the pentagon that's something that cannot be denied while for many people it was classified as a nothing burger (laughs) 
what sticks out the most is that only one case out of 144 cases were solved. That's a big deal. That's a big deal if if you really put your mind to it. And so giving people just starting off with that, that the government is taking it seriously, and then they can go down their own rabbit hole and find the path that they're looking for. So it all starts off with just that base foundation on who you think these people may prefer to research on yeah that's that that makes perfect sense i've used that uh preliminary assessment myself when speaking to people as well as the new york times article and and things at the end of 2017 now were you do you remember when that article came out i always ask people do you remember where you were when it kind of broke so is that something you do recall I can tell you the story. So this was in 2017. I was 17 years old. I was in high school. I didn't care about this. I did not (laughs) care at all. And when it came to the the politics, and that's an air quotes aspect of this, I just wanted to pass high school and graduate. I just wanted to eat in the library and not be spoken to. So um, I had no idea that the report was released until I really joined the community in 2020 I think give or take maybe a little bit after and I had so much to catch up on I'm thinking I missed all of this but also at this time when this report was released I mentally wasn't mature enough to grasp that information each year especially those that are transitioning from teens to adulthood your brain is still maturing until the age of about 25 so while last year I might not have grasped something, even for yourself, any a year later, through experiences or just through the development of the brain, you're just able to grasp information better. So everything comes as it should be. You find information when you're ready for it, however you want to believe that to be. And so when that report came out, it went over my head. I had no idea. <laughs> that's fair enough i appreciate your honesty i'm going to jump into a couple of questions that i've already had in the in the live chat here um elena says hi all love christina and looking forward to hearing her in the hot seat um she says where does christina want to begin on her post-grad journey Ooh. so my plan is to buy a trailer and to travel across the United States, uh, visiting hotspots, interviewing witnesses that have interacted or seen a UFO or even the paranormal, and documenting all of that. So it'll be kind of like not not a it'll be like a journal in in like a, a video journal, a blog, I guess what you call it, a vlog. That's the word, yeah. a vlog. <laughs> so that's that's where I'm placing my 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 future dreams right there. But if I can get it by this summer, you know, I'm down. I'm ready. I'm I'm ready to to move out of this tiny dorm apartment and move into a smaller <laughs> living quarters. <laughs> but being able to travel and that's my dream. It's been my dream since I've since high school. It, even before wanting to visit hot spots, just like traveling the country is is a lot of people's dream but not everyone is able to to fulfill that and hopefully i will be able to so uh, but i want to say by the summer i'm 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 putting my dreams out there my intention out there but if it happens next year the year after it's going to happen at some point for sure that's awesome yeah and you get a new view to wake up to every morning (sighs) boots on the ground and speaking to people yeah there's nothing better I, i like that 
Um, moving on, let's uh, sneaky toast to asks. Do you agree with Luella Zondo's assessment that we as a nation, humanity, need to offer some form of amnesty to those who made decisions? The custodians Valet talks about. Should they come forward? That's a heavy one. <laughs> well, sneaky toaster. First off, I love your name. That it makes me smile. As for your question, agreeing or disagreeing with Lou Elizondo, we simply cannot force other people to come forward. First off, it takes a lot of courage for me just to be able to speak to you on camera, telling you my experiences, telling you information that I found. It took a year for me to prep mentally and i'm not even getting into detail of people that have to sign ndas that they simply cannot bring forth information for what 20 years a lifetime so people that have come out so far have been given permission to do so is it by the government is it by the expiration date of their of their um nda we don't know we can ask possibly but would they tell us that that that's where it's getting complicated humans and the human heart and the human mind is very complex they're also very irrational at times while it can be easy to read certain people for the most part if you're dealing with people that deal with secret information those that are a part of the government it's very difficult to read because they're like chess players they take one step forward but they're thinking 10 steps ahead that most people simply cannot follow so to answer your question i'm really sorry it's 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 hard to say because no matter what i what opinion i give you if i agree or disagree it's not gonna change these people to come forward yeah and in that question as well sneaky toast mentioned amnesty what do you you know we've heard i've heard that banded about a bit you know for, for the secret keepers who may be afraid of repercussions if they come forward uh, do you think that we should give amnesty to these these people who have held a secret for so long? As the saying goes, those that judge will be judged. Those that are compassionate will receive compassion. While we may want something really bad, we want those secrets. We want these people to come out. How would we treat them afterwards? Oh, you've been lying to us for all these mm. years. They're going to be hated on, even though it took a lot of courage or it took permission to do so. So there's a lot of hypocrisy out there. And that goes for everyone. You know, every single person at some point in time, we have been hypocritical. And that's human nature. It's natural but people are also aware of this and survival is very important to us in the spe in the aspects of having social status or being able just to merely be accepted and not to be bothered look i would not want someone knocking at my front door if they found my address giving it to every person online and saying go bother this person because they lied about this or they're holding this secret or because for whatever reason people are are malicious at the same time. So some are compassionate and some aren't. Just like what people say about UFOs, about extraterrestrials, what they say about about certain ghosts or even jinn as well. You have the good with the bad. So allowing certain people to come forward and tell their secrets, it's up to them because there will be consequences and that's a fact. And they're not going to be the good type of consequences. While some might praise them, the majority of the population 
might not be happy with those. For instance, we can look at Lou Elizondo as an example. He came forward. He has, in a very roundabout way, have, has told certain secrets to the public in a very, very soft roundabout way because he can't say things directly because he would end up in prison. I don't know about you. I do not want him in prison if he really is pushing UFO disclosure, if he really is going to D.C. and, and pushing this conversation forward. I, as he tells me, he doesn't look good in orange. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. No, I agree. I do agree with you completely because, I mean, Lou said recently, you know, he's taken a bit of a step back from the community. And in my opinion, I think it's fair play because we don't need to keep putting so much on him. Like, you know, without him, we can't move forward because I believe we can. I think there's so many people that can help this subject. So exactly. Yeah, as, but he yeah. he's he's a good face. He he is a good face. Someone that has been part of the government for quite some time, a part of a tip for a good amount of time as well, specifically looking at ufos and now where you stand with that is up to you where people and reports are saying no it's not a part of a tip yes he was he's lying no he's not i mean look you're always gonna have the yin and the yang you're always gonna have the the camp that agrees and the camp that disagrees yeah you simply can't convince the other camp if they're not willing to listen and that's where bias can be very dangerous when you simply don't want to listen because you think you have all the answers because you think you're correct. And for people like ourselves, you and me, Vinny, we know being in this field, talking to so many people, guests, researchers, enthusiasts, that everyone has their own perspective. And in some respects, all of them are right or all of them are wrong. <laughs> we just don't know but all we can do is listen and broaden our own horizons of what we think it is and that's unique for every single person just like politics yeah and no one likes politics no i think do you know what though it's funny i've learned more about the uh, american politics through the ufo <laughs> subject than i ever thought i would even probably even more so than i know about uk politics and that's you know, that's crazy I, I have to remind myself so no that was a great answer i completely agree and i think you mentioned you know that we do talk to a lot of people and it you know it can be overwhelming for hearing all these different opinions and then trying to process them and fit them into a, a place uh, yeah exactly yeah, it's amazing it's, and, it's, and some it's... information you keep and some of it you discard you're like that doesn't really fit my idea of of yeah. these topics for instance and that is natural yeah totally um now not only have you sort of covering the ufo subject but you've branched out into all sorts of other sort of esoteric uh, areas of research and subjects and you talk about that on your show mysteries with a history uh, and a few of the other shows you do so I wanted to talk about, first of all, I guess the ancient alien theory, you know, with pyramids and structures, you know, a lot of people are just convinced flat out that there is some connection with a, an extraterrestrial race that, you know, was in our past. Do you put any weight behind that speculatively? It's very possible. I mean, what bothers me, the one show that I did was about Gobekli Tepe, one of the yeah. oldest ruins in Turkey. And these megalithic structures of, of, of these certain stones that are 
several tons just being moved by people. And these megalithic structures were built 4,000 years before the alleged invention of the wheel. That that really bothers me, <laughs> like a lot, to where <laughs> you're able to build these beautiful structures with art, with 3D carving. So you're not carving into it. You're carving everything around it for these um, foxes and, and vultures to pop out of this rock. But the wheel isn't invented yet. No. It is crazy, isn't it? It is. No one, no one can convince <laughs> me to agree with that. And that's where my bias sits in because I, I just don't find it logical. So when it comes to ancient structures, were we helped by extraterrestrials? It's all, all I can say is that it's possible. Do I have that evidence? No. But what I have noticed from my research so far, and I do want to mention that I'm still very new to the field. There's still so much that I don't know that I haven't touched on some famous cases or stories that I haven't looked into yet. But one thing that has caught my attention so far, especially doing research for Gobekli Tepe, is that across cultures, across cultures that never spoke to each other for centuries, where that kind of travel just wasn't possible yet, there are certain elements that are the same across all the cultures at different time periods. One of those being this purse or this type of pouch. You have it in, uh, you have it with Shiva in India. You have it with the Sumerians. You have these gods, which you consider the Anunnaki, holding this bag as well. You see it in Gobekli Tepe. You see it in Mexico, in the Mayan art pieces as well. These are countries that in centuries ago did not speak to each other. They didn't really have too many cultural similarities. However, their stories and some of their carvings or paintings or pieces of art are similar. What's the explanation for that? Well, we can just say, oh, well, in, in some respects, they're just able to just kind of have the same idea at the same point. Okay, it's possible. Or we're having help from another entity. I I simply can't can't place all my... If I was a betting man, and I'm not a betting man or a man, <laughs> but if I was, okay, I still wouldn't bet on it because if I, unless I can go back in time and look and be like look so are you are you an alien sir and then they can tell me yes or no but until then everything is just speculation and it's disappointing but at the same time it's exciting because it keeps you pushing forward to look for the answers of are we really yeah absolutely um jay allen asks a question here some of these ancient structures and manufactured processes have been targeted via rem remote viewing teams to determine how they were built and why any comments on these data this data i have heard stories like that i have researched remote viewing i've even tried remote viewing myself and let me tell you it did not work for me but it does work for some other people the one story that really caught my actually there's several so we are this is public information we are aware that the government the cia in particular did run a remote viewing program so this was during um the 1970s onward we had russell targ who was hired by the cia he created the monroe institute he made his information public okay there are a good amount of people that have come out 
and then have allegedly passed away soon after, but I've come out and told their stories. One of these people is Pat Price. He was a remote viewer for the CIA, and he mentioned that he remote viewed a alien base in Alaska, particularly under a certain mountain. The mountain is is it McKinney? McKinley, I think is that mountain, or is it the other one? In the same mountain range. So that that one is interesting. Then we also have a, another remote viewer also hired by the CIA uh, by the last name of McMonagall. And he mentioned that he was able to remote view Mars mm. centuries ago. I don't, I don't remember the exact time period, but it was centuries, if not millennia from present day and he had mentioned that there were these certain types of beings living on mars in a pyramid type structure dealing with some kind of cataclysmic event on their planet and they were waiting under the under the pyramid for news that a new home has been found is this information true i don't know but my question would be why would these high profile people first tell the public and if they did and if it was true why would they tell the truth so there's a lot of questions but there's also a lot of mind games involved in these topics of what's true what's not it's very hard to decipher and that's the point that's the purpose to make it very difficult for people to decide what is true and what isn't certain things that sound absolutely crazy you're gonna brush it off and say that's not possible but then watch it watch that explanation that most crazy possible explanation be possible as Luella Zondo has said and is also a famous quote is sometimes fact is stranger than fiction so is he alluding to something him particularly Mr. Luella Zondo or is he just using some famous quote to 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 make this conversation more interesting to the public we don't no, but again, it leads us to more possibilities or for those to even be interested in remote viewing and to try it for themselves. We're also aware that there are certain people that can also astral project. They're able to control their astral body to exit and to travel through the ether. There are countless stories like this. There are books that cover how to execute these types of, of actions. Again, I've tried it. I've never succeeded. And that one that one's very disappointing to me. But <laughs> people have been in an astral body from the stories, from the alleged witness stories that I've personally encountered. And they're able to also state, look, I found this, this, and this. So with astral projection, with remote viewing, looking for these bases or looking at these things that would be that wouldn't be easy to find with the naked eye in human form. What if it's all possible? We don't know. Yeah, absolutely. It's worth bearing in mind, isn't it? And and you covered remote viewing on your show, but you've also covered things such as Bigfoot, the Philadelphia Experiment, the Montauk Project. Do any of those cases or any of those other subjects that you looked into, do any stick with you and you think, I really do want to research that specific area more? For the shows that I do for Mysteries with a History, sometimes I'll be doing research for another topic and then I look and then this one certain topic, for example, the Philadelphia Experiment will keep popping up and I'll say, okay, if it keeps popping up, that means that people are interested in this or that means that there has been some research done. Let's do a show on it. Now, does that mean that I believe these stories? 
No, it doesn't. Mm. But the whole reason for my show, my my channel, is to give my generation a foundation because these topics, again, are very overwhelming. If you don't know where to look, you're going to fall into a rabbit hole. You're going to come out and you're going to be a mess if you end <laughs> up coming out. But if you're able to have a foundation, if you're able to cover the most famous stories, topics, comments, this can help other people with their own research and their own journey in in again what they decipher what they believe to be true or not and i try to provide as much information as i can from as much information i can find and then allow them to make their own conclusions so at the end of the day the things that i cover I cover them, one, because they might catch my interest, or two, they keep popping up, and that means that it needs to be covered. Yeah, absolutely. Now, let's just jump back onto the kind of UFO bit, because um, one thing that seems to have cropped up in the last couple of years are the possibility of what these beings or entities are. See, for a long time, we always had their ETs, their extraterrestrial, they're coming through space, you know, in a ship at light speed. But now we have the interdimensionals, your crypto terrestrials and all these other things on the table. Do you lean towards any of those uh, newer or maybe not newer, but these other possibilities? Because for me personally, the ET one has slid down, down the, the pecking order. So I'd like to hear your views on that. What's beautiful about these new possibilities, such as interdimensionals, is that science is catching up with this as well. Now we know for a fact that there are multiple universes. We know for a fact there are different dimensions. We know for a fact that there is a thing called string theory, that one atom here can affect something in a different dimension and or a parallel world as well. Fact. These are facts. So when you're able to bring in new age science, and that those are in quotation marks, with this UFO phenomenon, it allows us to open our minds to these new possibilities because if they're just terrestrial and especially if these if these spaceships travel at light speed bless their heart um yeah you're you're going to have very narrow minded thinking that like oh, that means these entities live for a long period of time. They're able to travel 100,000 light years from their planet to ours. They must be, for instance, 200,000 years old because they're traveling at light speed because only we know that we can travel at light speed. That's disappointing. That's arrogant. And that's also ignorant to believe that our technology that we have today is the same all across the universe for those that believe that there are intelligent beings across our universe so it's it's not the best thinking but if you don't know any better if you're not taught to think outside of the box obviously you're going to have that thinking because you're not encouraged to look outside to open that door and to ask those questions so at the end of the day being curious being mindful being imaginative is incredibly important for humanity to evolve and that even includes to evolve in our thinking of all these possibilities so when it comes to these interdimensional possibilities i find it quite exciting because that makes me think if they can travel what about portals could i travel through a portal could i look somewhere could i just go on vacation <laughs> you know what? I would love to try some exotic fruit. 
hopefully it won't kill me. But you know, that would be fantastic. So <laughs> while, while I'm joking with you a little bit here, these are my true thoughts, but even <laughs> in a very common way. It's cool. I like it. <laughs> Honestly, I do. But but while this is the case, to be able to think outside of the box, we're able to invent new pieces of technology that can move forward with that. We are aware that there are people, there has been research into portals, specifically at Skinwalker Ranch. This is public information through the TV show and through bits and pieces that Robert Bigelow has also mentioned when he was a part of when he created NITS. So, and then I've also interviewed certain people such as Jessica Jones, who had several teammates interact with the portal, even enter it, which blew my mind. I was like, I want to be there. But because people are looking into this and making it public information or maybe even making it mainstream, it allows the rest of the public to be interested in it. And it just takes that one person, maybe that one genius that can create their own portal in their in their garage, right? We are, we are aware that there are some fantastic scientists that make everything in their garage in their teen years. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Absolutely. Yeah. I wish I was like that. But <laughs> it, it just takes that one person to have their interest peaked to make that difference. Yeah, absolutely. Now, funnily enough, you mentioned Skinwalker Ranch there, and that is literally my next sort of area of discussion. So let's touch upon it, because it was something I was aware of before the TV series and things like that, through George Knapp and Colin Kelleher and that. Um, I'm going to ask you first, would you go to the ranch? Dad, yes. Me too. Like, Me like, too. There's no question. Just I'm, <laughs> I'm going to make sure to bring some snacks preferably ramen and maybe some grapes and i'm down like don't ask me twice no uh, the reason i ask is because i've asked this question to people and they've been really hesitant and i mean i i would go but i would be very cautious based on the stories that you know we've heard of of course i mean without a doubt but the nice thing is that let's say we were invited, right? Let, let, let's just go with that beautiful idea. We were invited. The people that are on the ranch are already aware of the situation. As long as we speak to people that have already had experiences, they can walk us through it. So that's where my fear subsides, where I'm like, I'm not too worried because people have already encountered this. Now, have some gotten sick? Have some gotten hurt? Absolutely. But that's the risk you're willing to take either one just for the thrill or for the research aspect of it to prove that there are certain hotspots across the globe. It's not just Skinwalker Ranch that just collect this multiple types of phenomena. What's the reason for it? Is it some kind of attraction that these entities are getting through maybe like like magnets, right? You have the, the, the positive and the negative, something like that. Is it because right there, there's just able to be, there's just kind of this thin line between different dimensions where portals are able to enter and exit is it possible that there is some type of ancient very advanced technology right under that ranch to where they're able while certain entities are able to harness that energy or to turn on that ancient technology and allow entities to come in and out while there's so much research being done not a lot of that has been made provided for the public yeah this is also a fact. We know this. Will it be? 
maybe in 50 years time, maybe in 100 years time, when more people are interested, when there are more hot spots being researched. And another example of this is Bradshaw Ranch in Sedona, Arizona. It's very similar to Skinwalker Ranch. And this one, it's just pretty crazy. It was owned by the Bradshaw family for about 40 something years until it was very secretly bought out by the government in 2003. Before that time, people, researchers, paranormal investigators, um, authors as well, such as Tom Dongo, they were able to enter the ranch and do the investigations for themselves. What the owners found, particularly Lisa Bradshaw, was that she even mentioned that she saw a five-foot-tall bipedal lizard. Okay, that sounds like a dinosaur to me, and it came <laughs> through a portal. She was also able to see Bigfoot, aliens, shadow people, and werewolves as well. But it goes back to my main question. Is that true? It could be. Or it could be all a lie just to make money, but that doesn't matter now because in 2003, it's been bought up by the government. Now that li- that's private property. No one can enter it. And I don't know who you could speak to to get permission to enter those grounds. Allegedly, there are armed guards surrounding the ranch as well. So if that doesn't say something, I don't know what does. Or is it all just a cover up and just being like trying to grab your attention here so you don't look somewhere else? Yeah, just sticking with Skinwalk. I mean, that sorry, that was fascinating. I'd not heard of Bradshaw Ranch. I'm definitely gonna gonna go and look into that. Um, but with regards to Skinwalker, we do see the they're about to go into season three of the TV series, which I love, and I'm sure they're doing great work. But unfortunately, we do get the naysayers who say this is just UFO tainment or you know UFO entertainment. There's no serious research being done. I believe there is. I, I believe. You know, Brandon Fugel has promised, okay, for a while that we're going to see data released on his website. It's not happened yet. I I believe in patience, you know, let them do their job. What are your thoughts on people just jumping too quickly to think it's just for entertainment and or clicks and views? We need to keep in mind that television is literally meant for entertainment. Even meant to be educational, it's still entertainment so could you imagine these people spending hours of days just collecting information in slow in real time being like oh this is good this isn't good it's gonna be boring the show is not gonna make it to the public they would not have another season so you have to take the good with the again the good with the bad and you have to bring some entertainment elements in order to incorporate it with the research so that everyone can be happy the scientists the the enthusiasts and those that just want to be entertained that again that's what television is and that is where hypocrisy lies so they're like oh no this is bs then you do your research read a 600 page (laughs) book and you know what have fun with that you know and enjoy yourself we also need to keep in mind that television isn't easy it takes a lot of editing. You got to add the music. You got to make sure that you have a vision of what you're creating. And you only have 45 minutes or less to create a whole story with hours, hours of footage. Okay. It's not simple work. So you're, you, I, you have to be patient. <laughs> you have to be understanding yeah. that this is television at the end of the day. It's not a documentary. No. 
Uh, I'm just going to... Jay Allen says, Vinny, before you jump into I would definitely go there, have you considered the serious consequences experienced by government intel personnel and the science team via hitchhikers? I'll just say quickly that I, I have considered it a lot. I've spoken to people who work on the ranch currently, spoken to people who ha have worked on the ranch in the past privately. I've had these conversations with people a lot. I've considered it. Yes, I would go. What about you? <laughs> what about you, does. Christina? Have you considered it enough? <laughs> uh, yeah, if I die there, look, if I have the research, if I have it recorded and someone can post it online, it's fine with me. Because cool. if we... But to, to make this a more serious topic, if we don't take risks, we're never going to achieve anything and we're never going to evolve. So it's those few people that have courage and people that have already been on the ranch or, or any field, doesn't even matter. But to have that sense of curiosity, but also courage, that's what helps humanity evolve. Absolutely. Um, I've got a great question here from uh, Lindsay Pinsaflankton. Do you feel people around your age are more open to these mysteries, maybe due to growing up with the internet or less interested because of so much in their face, social media, etc.? I have faith in you. This is a great question. And with my generation, Gen Z from 98 onwards, it's a, not a question about these mysteries. It's not a question if there is extraterrestrial life. But that's where it ends. Okay. So if I say, so what do you think? They're like, yeah. Shrug their shoulders. Yeah. And then if I ask more, th that's where their their knowledge or their interest stops. So the historical aspects, the scientific aspects, even if we're dealing with NASA or SETI or METI, these, these funded private or public companies that are trying to interact with extraterrestrials, they don't know about that information, even though, one, it's public, and two, it's science-based. So, again, that's why I have my channel. That's why I direct it towards my generation specifically, because I want them to be interested in this. Because th this kind of information, in my opinion, here we go with my opinion once again, it's important. If we don't know this basic information of just extraterrestrials, of the history of, that they've possibly have crashed or visited or interacted with, with humanity. If we don't have that information, we would be going into space blind. We would be traveling other planets completely blind, and that's dangerous. It's always important to gather as much information as you can about a location. Let, let's say if you're traveling to to Mexico, for instance, you're going to write out where you're going. You might write out what restaurants you want to hit. You might write out which tours you, you want to go to. If you don't and you go blind, it could be dangerous. You could interact with certain people that you don't want to. And you might get into situations that you're going to regret because you didn't have that background knowledge. So these conversations, talking to people that are experts in these fields, which there are no experts, but people that <laughs> that are pretty knowledgeable in this, it's important for everyone. And now with my generation and the ones that have come after, yes, they're heavily exposed through the internet of extraterrestrials, of mysteries, of even things that would be classified still as fringe science. But even though they're exposed to it, it's up to 
it's up to them at the end of the day to really catch an interest for it and to do the extra legwork. Great answers. I'm loving these questions from everyone in the chat as well. So we're just going to keep going with them for now. Uh, right. Another one from Sneaky Toaster. You're on fire today. That's uh, U UAPX tear in the sky releases soon, showing mm. the data they've collected. Does UAP need to be a scientific discovery to avoid backlash? James Webb, James Webb fully online soon. So I will be interviewing the director and several people. Me that too. um yeah yeah well oh well, yeah well, we'll talk about that later but yeah <laughs> um <laughs> yes i'll be interviewing them and, and we'll hit questions like that it's very important that this data is provided but again you're dealing with a documentary you're dealing with a movie of entertainment they need to make this data look in interesting they need to make it look tantalizing to for you to one understand the background knowledge of what this data means to be interested in the data and then to keep watching the film to see where that data lies. So there's a lot of brain work that's involved in what a two hour film or less. You need to tell a whole story. You need to provide information. That information needs to be understood by the audience, which isn't always easy if they don't have a background knowledge on it. So that's where it gets difficult because you're dealing with entertainment now if you're if you're reading a white paper written by scientists proofread by scientists it's a different story but how many people read white papers you know how hard it is to read <laughs> one sometimes the language they use the data they provide and the data when they even though it's all these numbers it doesn't really explain what it means or the importance of it all the information is there it's public for you do you want to read it probably not <laughs> probably not so with this film um i will be watching it pretty soon before it is released and uh, i look forward to to the data they provide but also how they provide it and that's important absolutely um, i've been lucky enough to see it already and i am very excited to see what oh, the, the, well, the I data just... and yeah I, I'm, I'll tell you oh no I'm, yeah. I'm about coming in. <laughs> cool, isn't it yeah I, uh, I, what I'll say cool. I'll say quickly to everybody, I highly recommend everybody go and watch it. But after you've watched it, go and either look at the data and the white papers, as Christina says, and the, the peer-reviewed scientific stuff that they've said is coming out. Go and look at that or at least talk to somebody who's looked at it because I think a lot of questions will come from this documentary. A lot of conversations will come from it as well. I'm excited and, for that. And with James Fox's new documentary as well about Varginha, Brazil, I just watched it. I watched the final cut. Oh, you everyone that's oh listening right goodness. now, you I'm telling you, if you liked <laughs> if you liked his last movie, you are going to love this new one. I was so impressed with his work and he did it in four months, uh, doing all the editing. I'm telling you, his new movie, Arhenia Brazil, you're gonna die. So good. Wow. Wow. That'll be a conversation we can have after everyone's seen it. Yeah, I feel like we're teasing a bit here. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> Let's Go move on to movies. this. Yeah, here's a great one. Christina, if you were abducted and could ask one question, what would you ask? Uh, can I just travel with you? I wouldn't come Close back. The... Oh, really? No. <laughs> That's wow. it. If, if I'm going, I'm like, no. Now I am luggage and you can't dump me. I'll make sure to cook for you guys. Not a problem. Just give me ingredients. I just need ramen, like, fast. And I probably I need some cumin say. as well. So just drop me off at the grocery store really quick. and we just buy a few years supply. 
and uh that's it so don't bring me back wow that's brave that is brave i would say i'd love the traveling bit but take me back after a, a couple of weeks or so <sighs> don't think or go home right nice i like that attitude I, i'm just not that brave maybe it's the age <laughs> thing maybe it's the age thing <laughs> uh let's see where else we are Ah, this was one that, you know, we saw through the pandemic and the COVID thing that a lot of people were stuck at home. And of course, the UFO podcast scene exploded with new podcasts, you know, me being one of them. Me as well. So there's sometimes people say, oh, there's too many out there and that, which I just don't agree with whatsoever. I think everybody has a voice so everybody can have the conversation. People can just choose to watch it or not. What advice would you give to anybody who is thinking, you know, they want to be a voice and they want to start a podcast? Is there anything that you would want to say to them just to kind of help them? Start now. Even though there are countless podcasts, how many of those do you personally like? Why do you like them? Can you relate to that person? Are they in your age range? Do they follow your cultural background? Do you like the information they provide? While there are hundreds of UFO podcasts, There are only a few for each person that you can individually identify with. And there are some that you just can't identify with at all. That's how I felt personally. I'm Latin American, female, and very young. There was no one that I could look, that I that I could be inspired by, except maybe Linda Moulton Howe, but we're definitely different far age gap. Aside from that, aside from that. I created one not only to help myself do research, but for other people to to find a voice through me if they wanted to, because there are countless ones. Yes. But again, how many can you personally relate to? It just takes that one for you to make the for for there to be a difference, even if they have 10 subscribers or 100 million trillion thousand. <laughs> that number doesn't exist. It's one. I put that out there. But it just takes that one person for that curiosity to peak once again. So if you want to be that voice, create your podcast right now. Please do research when you interview guests. Don't go in blind like a newbie. Watch other people <laughs> learn from them. And you're going to end up doing fantastic if it truly is your passion to start a podcast. But don't create one if it's just for gags. Do it for real. Yeah, absolutely. It's got to be for the right reasons. And there are many reasons, you know. Um, so what's next for you? I mean, in the short term, in the coming weeks, but also long term. Let's let's sort of two part question. In the short term, um, probably a nap. But in the long <laughs> in the long term, uh, like I had mentioned a bit earlier, it's really saving up to buy a trailer and to travel the United States and, and to document it. So. That is very important for me. And people say, oh, you're just a college student eating a lot of ramen. I'm eating a lot of ramen for the right reasons. So I can save up for a trailer. (laughs) (laughs) Look look at those those future goals right there. So that is where my future lies. There I am working on three shows a week now. Starting this week, it'll be official. It should just be two shows a week. Now it'll be three, if not more, if I can provide it. Because this conversation is very important to have no matter how many podcasts no matter how many channels there are if we just touch that one person it's going to make that difference yeah absolutely 
Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Uh, well, before we finish, um, what I want to say is that I think you're doing great work. Um, I think we need people like you. I mean, me and you and everyone. But <laughs> everyone. what you said, yeah, but this is the thing. Everyone that does want a, a voice or does want to speak to people in, in the community, because, you know, we've been lucky enough to speak to many guests just by putting ourselves out there. And I think that more people, if they want to do it, should do it. So I completely agree there. Completely agree. Um, I'm just going to throw this question up because it just popped up and I saw it. What's your opinion? Spiritual phenomenon or physical craft? Porque no los dos? My favorite commercial of all time. Sorry. But um, why can't it be both? Why, why do we need to say that everything that we're seeing is just in one category? Why place all your eggs in one basket? If you drop those eggs, who's, how are you going to have an omelet? won't be possible right so why can't some be physical and some be spiritual i mean there are people believe that there are multiple races visiting us some believe that there are even these entities classified as light beings that can come in physical form or in an energetic form you can't place all of them in in, in one in one category i mean look at all the plants we have on our planet alone are they all classified as plants? You're going to call them flowers, trees, grass, so on and so forth. So, like I, <laughs> ¿por qué no los dos? Why not the both of them? No, great answer. Completely agree. Now, I've put all of your links and stuff in the description below, but we also go out on the Anomalous Podcast Network. So for anybody that's listening to this, where can we find you? You can find me best on Twitter. I place all of my updates and all of my shows on there at eyes underscore on the skies. Or you can catch me on YouTube and on all podcast platforms typing in Christina Gomez. There's no H, so it's just C-R-I-S-T-I-N-A Gomez or at Paradigm Shifts. Awesome. I want to thank you so much for joining me today. If you don't mind hanging about till we uh, finish the show, we can just have a, a little debrief, pun intended, after the show. Um, <laughs> thank you to everybody watching. Uh, I really appreciate everybody. And the questions were, were great today. I mean, they always are. But thank you guys so much. I'm going to be back next week uh, where I'll be joined by Tim McMillan. I'm looking forward to speaking to Tim. Um, but guys, go follow me on Twitter and Instagram for all my updates as well. But for now, Thank you for watching and listening, and I'll see you soon. Take care. Goodbye.